Hello and welcome to I Wish I Knew That About Songwriting, the show where we bring you tips, tricks and techniques that we wish we knew as young songwriters. On this show we focus on interviews, we focus on resources, subjects you're going to find useful and you can go home and you can use them today. So thank you so much for listening and welcome to the show. Today is something really, really monumental for me personally, and we always do have a special guest, but today I want to just add another layer to that level of special because this lady definitely changed the course of my life and as a songwriting consultant, no doubt gave me the idea to do the same thing myself. Um, So, so much credit goes to this woman and I just want to quickly breeze through some of the amazing things she's done. She's got an Emmy and incredibly, she's coached two generations of Grammy nomination, Grammy nominated writers and Grammy winners. So this lady knows what she's talking about through the different ages and she's had her own hits. She's been an incredible mentor to so many people. And for me, just personally, when I went to university and I studied songwriting, I did not have the resources that I wish I did until I found a book called How to Be a Hit Songwriter. So the author of that book and the mastermind behind all of her subsequent books, and we'll be talking about another one today, Molly Ann Lakin, Rhymes of Bacon. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jamie. So first of all, we have, well, the reason we're here today even is because you have written yet another cracking book. It's called Insider Secrets to Hit Songwriting in the Digital Age. I would love to know what made you write this book and some of the details, if you can. This age, the digital age in songwriting is unlike any time in the music business since the first caveman gonged his gong. (laughs) And what we used to do five years ago is all, it's all gone. So things are so different. And I wanted the songwriters out there who are trying so hard and who are so talented to know how things work now. So with their wonderful gifts, they can actually succeed. And for the book, I interviewed some of the top players in the industry right now. One is Robin Urdang, who is a music supervisor nominated dozens of times for and winning uh, that many Emmys for shows like Mrs. Maisel. Now, music supervisors have taken over the world of songwriting. So if you're a songwriter out there and you want to get somewhere, you don't go through what we call traditional channels anymore. What if you're sitting there in London, you find Mm. out what Robin's looking for, for her shows, for her movies, and you ask permission to submit a song, and what do you know? You could just get a placement in one of her shows, and when it's playing on the show, who knows who's going to hear it, and boom, there's your career. That is yeah. so, so much to unpack. That's like amazing. Being out there in Oshkosh and submitting a song 
to a music publisher. Now that's still done, but they much prefer a finished master. There's no, no such thing as a demo anymore. So I hate this, but it's the reality that we need to produce master quality recordings to pitch our work. Yeah. So with that understanding, it's a whole new game. And there are many, many, many more ways to earn money, digital this, digital that, and so on and so on. And my book is chocked full of information about how much you get paid for this and how much you get paid for that. And it seems like a little bit to begin with, but when you realize these things can be repeated and replayed millions of times, aha. Mm. So before you used to get money from performances for profit um, from ASCAP and BMI. Now there's thousands of other ways, thousands of other places where people download music. So it's on the writer to know what they are and to act accordingly. And in any business, you follow the money. Yeah. And how, yeah. How big a role is things like Shazam and stuff like that played in? Those things are all valuable, but I will tell you this, that a colleague of mine had a song that was performed 300,000 times Mm. on Pandora and she got a check for $18. Yeah. Whoa. So those, those people don't pay fairly. And we've been, we've been to, to, um, Congress with this complaint, and it's a matter of who they want to pander to, yeah. this creative community of the world or some big donor from, from Pandora. So it sounds like a good idea, but it's not the best revenue stream. However, anywhere your songs are are available, you just never know who's going to listen to it, who's going to hear it and say, I want that for my movie. I want that for my TV show. I want that for my commercial. Yeah. So exposure is it. Wow. When they're sitting at home in your, in your file, nobody's going to hear them. Yeah. But get them out there. However, be realistic about your expectations for income and follow the money. Yeah. And when you say also um, get them out there, going back to that master quality, though, would you suggest getting them out there, making sure they are of a quality, though? Well, people are on the other side of the desk are expecting to hear masters. Yeah. yeah and I hate that. I can't create masters. I hire people <laughs> to do that for me. Mm. In fact, I have a whole staff of people who do things that I can't do. Um, but I hate it when a songwriter 
who's just beginning says, well, I want to write lyrics, but I don't know how to record and they want to get pro tools and get to work. And I say, learn to write first. Yes. I love that, Molly. And if you could just repeat that, if I've understood correctly, you're saying really focus on the skill you want to excel at and then hire or collaborate with others who excel in other areas. Absolutely. I absolutely believe that. Do what you do best. Do what is is your fingerprint as a creative person. And then rather than stretching yourself to do things you can't do, hire somebody who does it. I always have a team of people who work for me, thank God, who do the things that, I mean, if I tried to record something on Pro Tools, I'd probably blow the whole place up. (laughs) Anyway, so know what you do best and hire the rest. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, obviously not everyone can afford to hire a team. They can hire, they can find somebody, maybe they trade, you do this for me, I'll do this for you. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe the producer will take a percentage of the song as a production fee. Mm. So there's all kinds of ways to work that out. Yeah. But before you do anything with anybody, even your mother, get it in writing. Yeah. Writing, writing, writing. I mean That's it. That's I wouldn't trust. I'm telling you, if St. Peter came down and wanted to write a song with me, I'd say, That's great, Pete. But would you please sign this little document? Yeah. And this if you great. won't yeah. sign the document, you don't want to work with him. Yeah. Yeah. Putting St. Peter's straight. It's tough, but it's business. Yes, yeah. we're creative. Yes, we're creating magic. Yes, we're, we're in a way saving the world with our music. But this is a business. And the people on the other side of the desk are in it to make money. The days of them underwriting the arts are over. Mm. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is so cool. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. No, and you heard it here, folks. Yeah. This is so refreshing, Molly. And I think young people in particular really need to hear this. And, and how would you suggest having that conversation with St. Peter? If you're a brand new songwriter, you're not quite as formidable as yourself, but if you're starting out, how do people have these conversations about splits? Do you think? Well, say I'm a lyricist and I need music and I'm looking for a band. I wouldn't just look for a composer. I'd look for a whole band. I'd look for a singer songwriter because there's a vehicle for your finished song. Okay, cool. It's better to write a song that already has a home than to write a song that needs a home. Yeah. So I would approach singers or find singer-songwriters I love in my genre and say, hey, I love your work. I write in a style similar to yours, and I'd love to try co-writing. And then you exchange email and you got to talk to these people. I know it's a digital age where everything is tweak, 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 and tweak, tweak, and quack, quack. Exactly. 
But you need to talk to these people. I don't care what planet they're on. You need to speak to them. And you need to get it in writing. I'm just going to send you a simple little agreement. Exactly. So just take care of that and we can move forward. And the agreement should be very specific. We're writing this song. We're co-authors 50-50. We each own 50% of the publishing as well. And name the publishing companies, even if it's only, and I don't mean this only, but at uh, Jamie Coop Music. (laughs) Too right. (laughs) And get it all nice and solid. Like, my attorney won't talk to me unless I send him a retainer. (laughs) So what are you going to do? You send the guy the retainer. But this is not exchanging money. This is making an agreement. Yeah. And you can probably find a collaboration agreement online somewhere. Oh, easily. Yeah. And but having just that. make sure you're covered and that nobody ends up with the song. Let's say, Jamie, you and I write a song together and it, it's not great. <laughs> but okay, so you have two choices. One, to keep your portion and use it with somebody else, at which point all our names would still be on it. Yeah. Or you try another couple to see if maybe the next songs work. But I wouldn't stay with a collaborator just because you wrote a song. Is this song going to get you where you want to go or get you closer to where you want to go? And, and that's a matter of being discriminating about who you approach. Now, if the singer-songwriter you like is in a halfway house and is in drug rehab and recently murdered her brother, I'm not sure that's your best bet. (laughs) Even if they're great, right? (laughs) Yeah, we don't need any more Amy Winehouse situation. All right. So find somebody with a business head in addition to creative jobs. Now, that is a wonderful quote. If you wouldn't mind just saying that again for people. Find someone with a business head, not just creative charts. That's really rich, people. That's some serious advice. Um, And can you, is there a greater example of someone of a songwriter or an artist that maybe, you know, in the industry that we can go and look at? Well, I start with Elton John and Bernie Taupin. There we go. Yeah. Well said. They started, they met through an ad, through a classified ad in some newspaper in England. Mm. What are the chances of that? It turned out all right for them, didn't it? Yeah. Well, try everything. And don't just write with the guy who's closest. If there's a piano teacher down the street, that's a good starting point. But just because the piano teacher is down the street doesn't mean he or she is a great partner for you yeah they're just close where would you say is the best place to find collaborators or is it not that simple well i would follow everybody i love in my genre now people are not everything cannot write everything for everybody they think they can but i think it's important 
to find your genre and stick with your genre for at least, say, six months and explore and, and just find all the new artists in your genre. And they're everywhere. Yeah, and I love something, sorry. I'm sorry, too. Uh, approach them one at a time so you don't have a competition going. Yeah. I know I go crazy when someone wants to write with me. Well, I'm writing with Fred and I'm writing with yeah. Donnie B. And uh-uh. To be considered, you know, really think about each one. That's what you're saying as well. Yeah. I mean, it's like dating different women <laughs> at the same time. Not a good idea, right, in general? <laughs> you do not want someday I'll tell you my Jason story with the lipstick on the door. But well, Aguad, <laughs> you know what? I like we said just before, you're more than welcome in Bordeaux. You want to come and tell some stories and drink some wine. I'm sure Callum will come as well. But yeah. I'm on a plane right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's saying that she's in the airport, people. She's coming. Um there yeah. is so much to unpack there. I really love a lot of what you've said, and I think I'll save that for repeating it to others. But um, and I also love something else that Molly said as well. I don't know, don't think you said it there, but I read it on um, the uh, USA Songwriting Contest um, website on the blog actually, and it was about finding collaborators and how important it is to honor your work and respect what you do when looking for collaborators. So, you know, never stop looking for the best people because they're out there looking That's for great. you. They're, they're so, out there looking for you too. Hmm. And people say, oh, I don't pay any attention to the lyric. Oh, I don't pay any attention to the lyrics. Well, that said, baby boy, <laughs> then all the singers and vocalists in the universe could re- be replaced like that by a trombone. Bye-bye. Very good point. Again, knowledge. Lyrics are important, right? I'd, if, if I could, I remember molly Ann reading your book, and if I'm not mistaken, there was so much dedicated to lyrics. Um, I would love to hear some of your thoughts on how we can write consistently great lyrics. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, I knew Hal David, and... He said he never set out to write a hit song. He set out to write the best song he could write that day. Right. Yeah. So that takes the onus off it, right? Mm. And I think of a song lyric as a story. And by definition, a story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it answers the five W's, who, where, what, when, why, plus how. And if you ask those six questions about your song and answer all of them with an original answer, you're going to have a great story. And I'm going to tell you two stories, and I want you to hear the difference. Yes. Here's story one. The boy had a dog. The dog ran away. The boy had a dog. The dog ran away. The boy had a dog. The dog ran away. So what? What 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 happened? So here's the second story. The boy had a dog. The dog ran away. The boy was terrified. He called the pound. He called the police. 
He rode up and down, up and down, up and down every street in the neighborhood calling his pet's name. He hung signs on trees and telephone poles. And he, again, rode up and down, up and down, up and down every street in the neighborhood calling his dog's name week after week. Finally, he gave up knowing he'd never see his pet again, flung himself on his bed, cried himself to sleep knowing he'd never see his pet again, and woke up with the dog licking his face. Now that's a story. Beginning, middle, end. Answer the five W's, who, where, what, when, why, plus how. Love it. I'm not suggesting you write about a a boy and his missing dog. (laughs) But see the details in the second story? Yeah. So you say, well, you know, I'm just writing about my feelings and so on. Okay, that's fine. Write about your feelings. But a good lyric tells a good story. And if you watch the evening news, usually the news, the broadcaster says, well, we have more bombing in Europe. We have planes crashing here. We have inflation here. We have grocery prices going up 11%. He tells a very short story, which is a teaser for the whole full story. And that's what keeps you listening. So the days of I miss you, baby, and it's raining have come and gone. Tell me something new. Tell me something that only you can tell me because nobody but you is you. Write your fingerprint. And as you're writing, ask yourself these tough, terrible questions. Have I heard this before? If so, could I make it a little different? And if not, could I write something else? And then you ask yourself, would I say this if I were talking to a friend on the phone? And if not, how would I say it? Mm. So I try to write conversationally. Lyrics to me are conversation in this digital age. Yeah. So people say to me, well, you know, I just, it just comes to me. The first draft comes to you. Then St. Peter sends the craftsman to help you finish it. (laughs) St. Peter's busy, isn't he, with you? He's a big, he's a busy guy today. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) And details, um, so important. And it's also the same for a melody. Have I heard this before? If so, could I make it a little different? And if not, how could I how could I write something new? That's very good. Yeah. Let's address, I'm really passionate about this next item. People contact me wanting a private consultation, which is fine. I'm happy to help everybody who wants my help. And I set up a consultation by phone to do that. Mm-hmm. But Don't ask me for a great, gnarly chord progression. Because (laughs) songs are not chord progressions. They are a series of single notes with rhythm. Mm -hmm. 
And once you have the notes, then and only then add the chords. So I pick out one note at a time on a keyboard or on a guitar, and I start with the chorus. I always start with the chorus first because that's your hook. Yes. I work and work and work on the chorus melody and rhythm until it clicks in my gut and says, aha. Hmm. Then I do the same thing with the verse, making sure the rhythm, the melody of the verse are completely different from those in the chorus and the same in the bridge. Then and only then do I add the chords. Because hmm. if you write the chords first, the note has to be in the chord. Whereas if you write yes. the notes first, you can put any chord around it. Yeah. yeah. This is awesome. And, and-, and for anyone looking for um, help with writing melody, um, Molly Ann's got a great, again, I'll direct you towards the USA Songwriting Competition's website and their blog because Molly Ann's got a great, uh, your six step melody process. Six um, easy steps to writing a hit melody. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It's also on my website, songmd.com. I was going to say okay. songmd, there's some really cool resources. Just go straight through there. The book's at the top. So pick that up. And I think Molly's spoken really well. Um, in the middle as well, is a really cool video course. But I just wanted to... We'll put all that in the show notes for everybody. Yeah, 100%. I'd love to take you just quickly back to something which you may or may not have known you said, but beginning, middle and end for a story, but notice what you said was having original answers and original content for each of those sections. How important do you think that is to hear an original lyric every time you hear a song? Well, do you want to continue to hear I Miss You Baby and It's Raining? (laughs) No. Or would you rather have somebody tell you um, in my most recent song, I wrote it kind of as a rap, as a stretch for my shadow. And it's all about, I got to get out of here. I want to see the world and all the places I want to see. I've never written that before. I have felt it before. Yeah. And it was really challenging for me to write something like that. So I wasn't recycling anything I'd already heard. I was writing my fingerprint. And ideally, if somebody covered the name of the writer with their hand or their pointer or whatever, or their mouse, we'd be able to know who wrote the song from the first two lines. Because it's that unique. That's what you're saying. Right. It's either unique or it isn't. It's either unique or recycled. Why should I send right. you money for to listen to a recycled song when the guy who wrote the first song sitting over here saying, wait, that's my song. Mm. Then you get into all kinds of legal issues and believe me. Which we've seen. You don't we've want to get into legal issues. Lawyers rule the world. And the guy with the biggest lawyer wins, Mm. no matter if you're right or not. So avoid the problem. That's it, isn't it, for people? Avoid the problem by 
writing unique lyrics. And I loved what you said about melody that don't confine yourself to particular chords or voicings until you've got a killer melody. Is that right? Put the, choose the melody notes very carefully first. Go over them for days. You're diddling with the same melody. And when it, it hits you in the gut, ah, this is it. Then add the chords. There's no points for speed. I don't want to hear that you took a year to write this one. I don't want to hear that you took 10 minutes to write this one. Usually the one that you wrote in 10 minutes sounds like you wrote it in 10 <laughs> But the one you wrote in a year isn't going to convince me it's better because you took a year. And on that, do you think there is a kind of time frame for writing a song? Is it, is it two months? You know, is that enough time to sit on something? Well, everything's different. Yeah. Every song's different. My new song, Asia, Africa, took, initially, it took a week maybe, and then I had to keep finding places I wanted to visit that rhymed with something. <laughs> okay. We were diddling with it right up until five minutes before the recording session. <laughs> So there's no points for speed, and I and the only song I know about that was written in ten minutes that was a smash was "You Got a Friend," and that's a long time ago. Right, yeah, and I don't know whether you would agree with this, but there's such a tiny percentage of songs that are written in half an hour. People neglect to talk about the ninety nine percent that might take two months to a year. If it works use it if it doesn't don't even better your crease suppose a guy was gonna um you had god forbid a bad heart wheel you in okay guys we got 10 minutes get me the heart hook him up send him away and then send the next guy in <laughs> i don't know I don't think I'd want that cardiologist anywhere near me. Yeah. <laughs> These are great. Give your song what it needs. There's no, there's no points for speed. Yeah. And every song's different. Yeah. Yeah. If we follow Molly's rules of unique answers lyrically and unique melodies. And, exactly. and does that, does that also, yeah. would you say that means that five amazing songs are worth far more than 50 average songs yes one good song one great right. song right and mm. and how many people are there out there who are what we call one hit wonders i've got all kinds of friends who, who wrote one big hit and god bless them they had their one big hit and it's probably still feeding them but don't you think you're frustrated that they haven't written song number two, hit number two? And why yeah. do you think they didn't? Yeah. If you don't have to name anyone, but was there anything you noticed about these people that hit it big once but never came back? I'm not sure they really focused on songwriting. I think they were more interested in creating a record. Mm. And a record is something you create around a good song. But a lot of people are... Are writing records without a song in it. Yes, it's great. Right. It's all production. Mm. It's, with, uh, 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 
<laughs> you and and uh, for the chorus, it's oh, oh, oh. <laughs> now you know I'm kidding. No, no, it's good. It's, it's, I like I can like find how a thousand songs in in a nanosecond that have those lyrics. Right. Is it unique? Have we heard it before? No, it's not unique, and we have heard it before, right? Yeah, so your job as a songwriter, no matter what you write, is to tell us something only you can tell us because nobody but you is you. And it's not about what they want. Who is they? If you follow the format of contemporary songwriting, you'll be in the ballpark. Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. In fact, those initials are going to be on my headstone. <laughs> VC, VC, VC. And how do you feel about pre-choruses then? I think pre-choruses are great as long as you slip, slide them in yeah. and surprise us. All of art is about the surprise. So if I go to a museum... Love it. And I see a nice portrait of a boy and his dog. So what? Haven't I seen that before? But if I go and see maybe the dog with the guy sitting on his lap, <laughs> that's a little different. Mm-hmm. The surprise. Yeah. It, all of our is about this. creating a surprise. Yeah. Something we weren't expecting to see or hear. Yeah. And we say, oh, yeah. if you don't have the oh, you've missed. Yeah. Or the ooh moment, as um, we sometimes talk about. The ah. Yeah. Or the ah. Yeah. I go to museums and I think these people are my colleagues because they're creating in one medium and I'm creating in another. And mm. I can't tell you how many times I've written a note to an, uh, a visual artist and said, boy, do I get you. And sometimes yeah. we actually become friends. Most of the time they think, oh, we got some crackpot here. I better <laughs> change my address. Yeah. And on, um, on the note of um, uniqueness and, and being offering something unique and having also a unique voice, do you think there's a, a hit song in everybody? Ooh. Well, I think everybody wants to write a song. I have never been to a a cocktail party or dinner party or any kind of party where someone hasn't come up to me and said, I got this idea for a country song. Yeah. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, doctors, people who are really smart, uh, doctors, just annoy me because they do so many things. They do their <laughs> their medical stuff. They jump out of planes. They write Broadway musicals. They do lots of stuff where most of us are just trying to do one thing well. Yeah. But usually there's some merit to that quote-unquote country song. Usually the issue with it is it's acres of words and there's no exciting rhythm. But I think it's worth a shot. 
But some people are much better recording engineers than actual writers. Some people are world-class drummers. Some people can blow up the world with their electric guitars. Some people sing. So we all do something well, but I don't think it's fair to expect all of us to do everything. Mm. And when I apply for things like car loans, I never tell them I'm a songwriter. I learned early on, oh, we got some flake here. Okay, yeah. Charlie, pass on this one. I am a consultant. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, oh, a consultant. Oh, okay. And and I've worked for the same company for 30 years. Oh, well, let's give her the car. <laughs> let's give her the car. That's practical, people. You may not think it. And earlier, Molly, you said often people are creating records without a great song. Um, how do you think that's affecting the industry at the moment? Well, it's demanding that writers have a great production partner. Right. And I know in Nashville, the biggest thing you can do and the best thing that can happen to you is to be invited into the room where there may be five, six, 10, 12, 15 people. And everybody throws out a line or a riff or whatever it is. And it's hard to determine who does what. And you may get one fifteenth of the royalties. But you got your name on a hit. And usually you got your name on a song that has a home going in because the artist, the performing artist, is part of that package. So it's not so much about I want my 50%. It's I want my name on a hit. And I want to co-write with really talented people who have um, a resume. And I want to keep getting invited back into that room. And suppose the song you write suddenly, what do you know? It's the single. What do you know? It's nominated for a CMA. What do you know? It's nominated for a Grammy. So... Demanding your 50% at this point, I think, is wrong. I think it's better just from a business sense to make that hookup and be invited into the room. So be a really valuable collaborator and take Be indisposable. Indisposable, yeah. Can you, are you able to repeat that for people? Create a situation where you're indisposable to the writing project. Brilliant. Amazing. Great title. Great title starts the whole thing. If, if say, a guy has or a girl has um, a person, has a thousand MP3s in the inbox, and 99 of them are called I, I Miss You Baby, and one of them is called Quicksand. Which song do you think I'd listen to first? Yeah, you dive into quicksand, don't you? Mm-hmm. Okay, because they want to hear something new. Novelty. So the title is really important. And it's, it's the part that sells the song initially. Once you've got them, you better have a lyric that justifies their time. Because you're yeah. a guy or person in the music business 
has 16 or 18 hours a day to work. And he's going to want to be with the people who are going to make him the most money in that 18 hours. He doesn't want to nurture writers. He doesn't want to nurture producers. He wants hits. Hmm. So before you go pitching to anybody, run it by me. And I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Songmd.com, people. Songmd.com. <laughs> Thank you. And I'll tell you which of the five songs you send me is the most marketable right now. Not necessarily the best of the five, but the one where there's an opening in the marketplace for it. Right. And then I can help you, assuming what you send me is a good fit for the marketplace, I can help you hook up with everybody I know who's looking for what you do. Yeah, and I loved what you said about rhythm. And I'd like to just hear what your thoughts are. What role does rhythm play in a great song and a great melody? These days, rhythm is it. It's all about rhythm. I haven't listened to a song in two years that wasn't all about rhythm. And no matter what chart you want, you're on. And the country chart is all about rhythm. It's almost like hip hop has now become part of country. But everything yeah. is. It's no more. I was sitting by the train track. Yeah. I was drunk again. Drunk again. I was drunk. Even just, yeah, like exactly. It makes, it's got a flow to it. It makes you want to sort of sway, doesn't it? Yeah. Even just then. You know, the true test of a song and the rhythm is to play it for an 18 month old baby. And if that mm. baby starts to dance, <laughs> yeah. you got a hit. I mean it. Yeah. yeah. I mean it. I mean it. I've seen. I've been in shopping centers where there's mothers and babies walking by and I crank up the radio in my car. And if the yeah. kids start, I know I got a hit. Yeah. That's, That's it. a great tip. Yeah. It's true. I had, um, Savan Kotechka was talking about writing. I can't feel my face, which obviously is about drugs, but he said his child was dancing it and saying, play, feel my face, play, feel my face. It's like, mm. it's, it's that test. So if you've got young cousins and kids, that's a really good way to go. Hmm. Or you could adopt a kid for a couple of hours. Oh, yeah. Is that going to be your next business? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, boy. I can see the parents. I, <laughs> I can see the upset already. I sent you a perfectly good kid, and you sent me back somebody who can't stop dancing. Yeah. <laughs> no way. You've got a hit, though, if that kid's uh, misbehaving. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I'd love to ask you, because one of our questions we normally ask is, when was the last time you wrote a song? A couple of days ago. Brilliant. And tying in with that, because I have to say, when you first replied to us, it was literally yesterday, which I love. So you would have done it even since then. Um, Where do you get your inspiration from to write songs? Well, I usually write on commission. Somebody needs a song for something. 
he's got a TV movie or she's got a, a picture film or a commercial or something, and they need a song. And I get paid in advance to write it. That's brilliant. But the thing is, I know there's a home for it when I sit down and write it, and they're good enough to give me the parameters. Don't use the word blue. We need to use the word international. We need to have the word uh, desk lamp in it. <laughs> and so I have, I know what they need. We go through the tempo ahead of time. I play a song for them from the current charts and say, do you like this one? So I know the parameters and the genre going in. And that's what you should think about, too, when you're writing a song because you love to write songs, is where's it going to go? Great point. Where's it going to go? Such a good point. Yeah, people need to hear that. And as in, by that you mean where's it going to go as in what artists, correct? What artists or what yeah. chart? Yeah. What chart? Is it going to go on the country chart? Is it going to go on the pop chart? Is it going to go on the hip-hop, contemporary Christian? By the way, no matter what the genre, the form of all contemporary songs is the same. Verse chorus, verse chorus, bridge chorus. Mm -hmm. uh, um, a chorus. A song without a chorus is like a house without a kitchen. You yeah. might be able to sell a house. But the chances are better to have one with a kitchen. And if you're ever looking for a place to live, the first thing they show you is the kitchen. It's all gleaming clean. It's all got new appliances. And there's even a slave there to help you do it. <laughs> yeah. And I shouldn't say that. There's even an okay. assistant there. Assistant, sous right? Clean up. Clean up. Um, and I really wanted to ask you, and this one's, again, definitely something I can relate to in terms of my story to you, but what was the turning point in your career? Well, I was like everybody else, writing songs and hoping to get lucky, and I went to see... God. ASCAP, I used to go to ASCAP every single morning and they'd give every me a morning. list. Yeah. And I, I was in LA and I drove my little uh, red Volkswagen with a re leaky sunroof across town into Hollywood. And the guys at ASCAP gave me a list of five more potential collaborators. And I called all of them and we tried. And if it didn't work, I drove all the way back to ASCAP for a list of five more. Wow. And this went on and on and on and on. And I heard there was a writer's meeting every Friday afternoon at three o'clock at Warner Brothers. And that it was open to any songwriter in town. So I was there every Friday at three o'clock with my baritone ukulele guys. And a new song. At first, they thought I was the gong show. What's this? What do we have here? Should we call security? But I I kept going back and going back. And the um, publisher, whose name was Artie Wayne, 
had a big bulletin board with a list of songs he was looking for. He needed songs for this one, this one, this one, this one. And every week I'd come back with a song for this one, this one, this one, this one. Now he never accepted any of the songs that I wrote, but he liked the fact that I was trying so hard. Yeah. And one Friday afternoon, a year later, after all my friends had gotten deals at publishing companies as staff writers, I actually mustered the guts to say, Artie, I have turned down three gigs as a staff writer to work with you. And God was smiling on me and he already said, well, come and sign with me. <laughs> and he signed me as a staff writer at A&M Records. Amazing. After a year, right? After a year of going to those meetings. Mm -hmm. But I'd been trying for a long time before the, I found out about those meetings. And by the way, there were not several other publishing companies that offered me a deal. Mm. I crossed my <laughs> fingers and put them behind my back when I said that. Yeah. Fake it, probably make it. Got it. Even that's well, I wouldn't past. suggest anybody else taking that route. Mm. But being out there, now you have the opportunity to go and perform your songs at a club be out there, be there every Thursday night, every Wednesday night, whatever. Yeah. And invite absolutely everybody to your gigs as your guest. You never know who's going to show up. And my mother was right. You're never going to meet anybody by staying at home. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so true. true. And like, so many people can relate to that. I, I know I can definitely. And something that I love something else that I love that you said is that um, to make one phone call every day. Oh yeah. Wow. Great. And I would, I would actually make more than one. Hmm. Oh, these yeah. days, nobody has a phone number. It's all, it's all now they don't even have email addresses. You have to, you have to send them um, by other electronic means. Yes. And add this, add that. And how do you condense what you want to say so you can type it on a cell phone? God. Mm -hmm. uh, when I type a message on my cell phone, it takes me three hours because I always get the letters wrong. My fingers are just too big. Mm -hmm. And a pitch letter is the most valuable thing you can ever write. I say an Emmy nominee of written songs with and for everybody from Katy Perry and blah, blah, blah. Um, my songs have appeared in thousands or hundreds of TV shows and movies, including Violet that won an Oscar. If they're not with me by then, they're never going to be with me. Now, when you're starting out, you don't have a resume like mine. But you can make it funny. You can make it silly. Hmm. How do you know I'm not the next Marin Morris? Hmm. You don't. But somebody today is going to think that way. Take 10 seconds and listen to my song. And let's do business. Yeah. Approach it like a business. 
They're not yeah. interested in underwriting the arts. They're interested in making money from the arts. Yeah. Preach. That is That's extremely great. well put. And there's, it's so rich again, like I think we're going to have to call you St. Molly on this pod. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I'm going to put that on you. Um, well, honey, I can't accept that because I eat way too much candy <laughs> to be sweet Molly. Oh, th- this has been an absolute pleasure. And I can't believe, you know, we are chatting to you. And for me personally, like I said, my journey started about 10 years ago when I picked up your book. And you've got a new book, Insider Secrets to Hit Songwriting in the Digital Age. Is there anything else you would like? to tell people about your book? Like what, what are they going to get? Why do they need to go and pick it up today? They're going to get a lot of inspiration. They're going to get a lot of wisdom from the players in the current music business. They're going to find out from people who write children's songs, how they did it, how to do it. People who write production music, how they do it. People who write jingles and make a fortune, how yeah. they do it. And also... I also want to make myself available to your listeners, to your audience who want my personal feedback on their songs, no matter what stage they're in. I'd much rather hear something that's in the works than something that's been produced for thousands and thousands of dollars and mastered and so on. I'd rather hear it in the very simplest form, one instrument, one voice. and. I'd also love to see your lyrics because I can often hook you up with a singer-songwriter who desperately needs you. And I do all of that in a private telephone consultation at songmd.com. There There you go, folks. Yeah, songmd.com. You can find Molly there. You can find consultation. You can find resources. Of course, you can find all of her books and I personally swear by one and I'm looking forward to diving into this new one. You've got interviews in there from guys like JP Sachs. So as much as Molly has been doing this at a super high level for such a long time, she's still taking the time to condense that knowledge for you guys. So um, I'll be checking the book out. We're looking forward to speaking to Molly when she puts out her next book, if she's not already way, way, way famous by then. But um, yeah, like I said, I really do mean it. Thank you for writing that book as well. Well before you knew you had any idea what we, what Callum and I were doing. Um, you wrote that book and you changed, you changed my life. I think there's very few people I would say that to. So thank you so much. God bless. That's it, people. We're going to say goodbye to Molly and we'll speak to you soon. Peace. To find out more about us and to get in touch, please head over to I Wish I Knew That Pod on Instagram. And don't forget to join the conversation on our Facebook community. Please also remember to email your questions about songwriting to IWishIKnewThatPod at gmail.com and we will answer these on our upcoming episodes. Also, if you know someone who would benefit from this, we would really love it if you could give it a share or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And Jamie and I will talk to you on the next episode.